Away, you moldy rogue. Away. And welcome back to the Moldy Rogues podcast. You meet us just in time for the end of season two. Today we polish off what I like to cage and start to discuss what will happen next in season three. The random skirmish may be over, but it is set to be replaced with something a little more historical. We intend to use Time Magazine's top 100 historical figures of all time and battle them against each other for superiority. And we will find out who is really number one. So here, to see how the sausage is made, is our first discussion of that nonsense. Enjoy. So this is, as we currently are calling it, the haphazard historical rumble. Yeah, actually. Did you think of any way of tweaking that, or are you happy with it so far? History's Herculean hero. History's. That doesn't say anything about the fighting, though, does it? History's, history's Herculean heroes fighting. <laughs> Doesn't begin with an H. Uh, well, you keep thinking. So I thought I'd read out some of the potential categories mm-hmm. to add to the list. We mm. will keep the back catalogue of 50 categories from our random skirmish. And we will add, see what you think. Now, this will immediately date our show, but... Which of these two historical characters would go furthest in the squid games? Okay, that's good. I like that. Right. Very uh, prescient. Now, <laughs> if there are any Korean characters, are they going to have an unfair advantage since most of the games are Korean children's games? You think there's going to be Korean characters in the top 100 historical people of all time? No. You could <laughs> stick uh, Kim Jong-il in there. Kim Jong-il no, absolutely demolished squid game. Well, I agree. We don't get to choose who is in your haphazard uh, historical rumble. It's that weird Time magazine poll, is it? Exactly. Time magazine I see. will be in charge. No, Squid Game is good. Which historical figure would do best in a Lord of the Flies kind of scenario? Sure, yeah. A fight to the death. The children's games in a fight scenario sort of thing. So, yeah, that was the first one I thought of. Next one was... Which of these historical figures would have the most Twitter followers? Yeah, good, I like that. that. So you've got William the Conqueror against Copernicus. You argue out who would have the best social media presence. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Copernicus would probably be, of his time, he'd probably be like a QAnon. Everyone would be kind of like, don't listen to that raving maniac. Mm -hmm. Vladimir Lenin. I think Lenin's Twitter feed would be really dry. It would either be talking about the workers or retweeting Karl Marx, something like that. All right, we'll add that one in. And the last one... Nerdy banter. (laughs) Retweeting Karl Marx, maybe a bit of Engels. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one was which historical figure would be the next England manager? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's too specific, um, isn't it? Uh, it would be great if it was just British historical figures. Oh, racist. Yeah, it is a bit. Forget the England bit. 
a football manager. So uh, <laughs> if the two characters we get are like, you know, Genghis Khan or Noah, who would be the next England manager. The fans aren't going to accept either of them. Genghis Khan all the way. Okay, don't, don't worry about England manager. Uh, football manager, so a motivational speaker, a character you could rally behind. Uh-huh. Genghis Khan, I don't think he'd stand for poor performances away at San Marino and stuff like that. <laughs> what about Joan of Arc? You think she could be a good football well, manager? <laughs> yeah, definitely not an England manager because vested interest there, sabotage. Excellent. Okay, we will add those three to the rest of the categories. I thought as we're saying goodbye to the random skirmish at 5-5, five, five, we could just have a little look at some of the greats who have been in your team. Shouldn't take too long. Well, you say that. There's actually quite a lot. <laughs> I think you were being sarcastic. There's quite a lot of people in your yeah, team. You know, I know there are quite a lot of people. I agree with you there. I've had, yeah. if anything, the same amount as you. But mm, yeah. the issue I took with that was the greats. Um, you know, who can forget? Charlie Bucket, Ron Weasley's dad. Roll call of greats. I swear I had Charlie Bucket's granddad one day as well. These are only the ones you played with. So there were twice as many, obviously, you dismissed yeah. half. Well, give us your highlight reel of the ones that I had that you think of particularly strong performers. Um, well, you obviously whined about most of them. With good uh, reason, I think, as the listeners would agree. You put up a valiant fight with Arthur Weasley. Ron Weasley's extended family, the minor characters from The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, and bear in mind, it's not just me whining about the characters as they were, but it's also they were often going up against action heroes, robots, monsters that you had. Well, I, I did have Wolverine, Aragorn, Imhotep, the Iron Giant, Leatherface, yeah. Captain America, Odin, mm-hmm. William Wallace, yep. Pope John Paul II, mm-hmm. The Thing, Pennywise, The Dancing mm-hmm. Clown, Batman, Jake LaMotta, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, which when you put them up against Ron Weasley's dad, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, uh, Mr. Bean, Charlie Bucket's granddad, and Oompa Loompa. Yeah, people will be thinking, why is he complaining? Exactly, exactly. I think uh, my my all-time great, actually, from memory, was a surprise card, and she defeated Leatherface, but uh, Mary Poppins, because I don't think she can be defeated. Yeah, she's very much the cheat sheet for that game. Hmm. No, I'm looking forward to uh, historical skirmishes. Haphazard historical rumble. Well, what better way to get started than with a practice round to get to know the rules and the players.
we have a go at the haphazard historical rumble practice round, understanding that you as a feverishly competitive individual, this is a practice round. So it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's all about testing the mechanics of the game. Are you happy with that? I am, yes. Although it does sound already like you're uh, stacking your deck. I'm just saying, let, let's not get stuck into a 45-minute conversation about <laughs> who can give a better best man speech with greasing the wheels for the eventual competition. That's all I'm saying. Sure, sure. The beauty of this is... Time magazine have designated the top 100 historical figures in history. So as much as we are going to want to argue the merit of these placings, from this point forward, we shall not argue the merit. Is that right? Yes. Although having said that, we're probably going to constantly argue the merit. So this is not our decision. This is not who we think are the best We are taking their top 100. We are going to use a random number generator. We're going to split, and then we're going to fight. So it's going to be like the random skirmish before it, just a one-on-one battle, best of three? Uh, Yes, but you are given two characters to choose between, so you cannot have a problem with one of the characters you are given and refuse to play. So, you know, you get Mother Teresa, and you're playing Attila the Hun, Tough shit. That is the beauty of the game. So I deleted some of the top 100 historical characters. Not all of them, but I've deleted about 10 because I've just never heard of them. For example, well, I know one of your favorites, Baby Jesus, was number one, but we thought it would probably be a good idea to avoid religious characters. Yeah, this is true. So we have sliced off certain controversial it's controversial the wrong word certain spicy characters if you will video. i mean i just would like to say that you know i i don't myself consider the baby jesus as a controversial figure um dan does but you know you're such a scam <laughs> i knew i knew you'd do something like that what we're doing is we're going to avoid any religious characters other than pope john paul ii and maybe pope gregory the ninth but that's it for the popes, two popes tops, or maybe the original pope, Paul. But that's it. We're, we're doing a three pope limit. Why do popes get a pastor? Just saying, okay. why are you favoring Christianity? <laughs> <laughs> because the top 100 is packed with popes. That's why it's a pope packed 100. If we take the popes out, there's only about 12 guys left. And let's not kid ourselves, it's all guys. The 100 defines their importance according to Time magazine. I have deleted certain numbers. I will round up. Give me a number between 1 and 100. Thanks once again for letting a short explanation last about 20 fucking minutes. I have said nothing. I've let you... Oh, really? Oh, I thought you kept chipping in and explaining more things. All I've I've been trying to do, and and I'm still struggling with, is I've got a random number number generator... (laughs) And it says between one and what number. Yeah. And that was oh, right. the question half an hour ago. Oh, I thought it said 100 you several times. about popes. No, no, you said 100, <laughs> but I've taken off the top 10 uh, because, right. you know, we've got right. popes. And, uh... All right, all right, all right. Okay, fine. Done, done. Reapers. You want me to say one? 
Yeah, okay. If there's there no window you could jump out of first, maybe you could scream it on your way down. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Carr, 12. <laughs> 12 can be your first spin. So who's 12? All right, so I would get either number 12 or, if you can spin again, give me another number. Number 33. I have got number 12 is Charles Darwin. As we know, the father of... What's he the father of? Jennifer Darwin? Evolution. The father of evolution. Uh, so we get to choose between Charlie, Chaz Darwin, and 33. Mm. Another Charles, Charles Dickens. Oh, so or Darwin. In fact, you're giving me two Charlie D's. You got the father of modern literature and the father of modern, what are you saying? Evolution. Evolution. Well, I know very little of Darwin, so I'm going to go for Chuck Dickens. Okay. So that is my Chuck Dickens against. Give me your first number. 76. You've got Robert E. Lee. Are you familiar with his work? I am, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, well, he would be ideal for me as, uh, as you know, a, a fan of the American Civil War. Uh, okay. So Robert E. Lee or? 48. Your good friend, Johann Sebastian Bach. I believe the lead singer of Skid Row. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> Which of those two gentlemen, white, old gentlemen, of course, as one would expect, do you want? I think by the very nature of the game, they're all going to be quite old. But um, <laughs> I Robert E. Lee. Oof. Chuck Dickens versus Robert E. Lee, the father of modern literature against a stalwart of the Confederate South, considered one of the greatest generals of all time. It's a battle that is worthy of great minds and great men. And let's see what the category is that we will be discussing. 56. That is... Which of these two gentlemen will be most likely to lead a cult? So we're talking Hawaiian shirt-wearing, baggy short-having, harem of ladies, possible suicide-ending cult. Well, I think Robert E. Lee has got the, the chops for leading I wouldn't call the Confederacy a cult, but, you know, they've certainly people with quite fixed ideas. I mean, I think, really, he screams into the lead. Yeah, I've got to say that to the uh, detriment of the game, there is very much a sort of cult-like following to Bobby Lee, Charles Dickens, more chin strokers and the like. That's a 1-0 to, to Bob. We will spin on this will be for you. Give me a, another number between one and 100 for your next character. 44. Your next character is Sigmund Freud or... 87. Nikola Tesla. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's some girl, but you can calm down. There are no girls in this list. It is actually a Swedish bloke or similar. Serbian, yeah. Sure, Serbian. Sure, sure, sure. 
another one of the fathers of electricity. I think his name is Nikolai Tesla, actually. Not according well, to Time yeah. Magazine. Nikolai. Well, uh, unless you're talking about his wife, his good lady wife. <laughs> maybe, but... Which of these white men do you want? Uh, I'll go for Nikola Tesla, please. Ooh. I think it's Nikolai Tesla. Uh... Serbia, not Sweden. Give me a number <laughs> I can pick. You have got number seven. Oh, that sounds religious. That's going to be a big gun. Seven. <laughs> That's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> okay. Or, uh, do you want to roll again or are you going to keep Adolf Hitler? We, we have to roll again, my friend. Them's the rules. 87. 87. This will be an unknown or a woman. 87 is Michelangelo. Never heard of her. Ooh. Adolf Hitler or Michelangelo? I think there's a bit more juice in Hitler, if you pardon the expression. Are we going to sure. get in trouble for that? Probably. Um, so this is... Worse. It's not Hitler against baby Jesus or anything too <laughs> controversial. I think if we, if we had <laughs> played our cards particularly badly, we had like Hitler versus baby Jesus in a fist fight or something, then we might be in trouble. Good. So Hitler versus Nikola Tesla. Yes, another number for the category. 18. 18. Which of these two is more of a jet setter or international traveller between Hitler and Tesla? Well, I think we can all admit Hitler holidayed in France. We know this much. He's from Australia, the world lived admit. in Germany. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but he was a bad man, wasn't he, Adolf Hitler? I don't want to offend anybody, but he was a bad man. But he was certainly a consistent traveller. And he made his way around Europe. I've seen him under the Arc de Triomphe. Whereas Nicholas Tesla, to You've my knowledge, him. never left his village. Ah, well, you're bang wrong. And in fact, what? first of all, let's dispense with this sort of notion that Hitler was a jet setter because he was scared of flying. So he went everywhere by train. You're thinking of Kim Jong-un. They both were. I'm pretty sure that Hitler didn't fly. Maybe I'm wrong, but he didn't. He certainly didn't go that far. Like so. You're bringing fact, me, I'm pretty sure. That's the... You can check okay. it. But, well, I'm checking it. <laughs> I'm pretty what you sure. Google, did Hitler fly? That's um, the exact words. Did Hitler fly in a plane? If I've got a picture of Hitler... In 1937, well, Hitler obtained a new aircraft, the Focke Wolf VW 200, which was the named. What was not, it? I can't remember. The Condor had a much greater range and was faster than the. Honestly, it says that the plane was called the Jew 52. Listen, I don't write this. This is Wikipedia. In 1942, an improved so, model of the Condor on, was put on, into Hitler's on, travels, and Bauer continued so to. So Hitler had two planes. planes. What were they yes. called? What was his newest model called? It one called the Condor, and the other was the Ju Fifty Two. He had a personal plane, and he was flown round by his personal pilot. Focke Wolf or the Ju Fifty Two? It was the Focke Wolf FW Two Hundred Condor, and he was known as the jet setter of the age. There you go. I may have slightly embellished the last part, but you get the idea. You added the last one, bit on, yeah, sure. L2. Well, you tell me about Nicholas uh, Tesla making his way around yeah, the continent. Yeah. Sure, I will tell you about Nicholas Tesla. Right, Hitler, yes. here's the thing, went to France, fine, 
went as far as I believe Ukraine, Poland, fine, but not really moving away from Central Europe. Nikola Tesla, born in Croatia, where did he die? New York. Therefore, more of a jet setter than Hitler in an age where it was more difficult than Hitler's age. So definitely 1-0 to Tesla. Well, the difficulty is neither here nor there. I know you really want Hitler to win, but yes. you know, we're just going to have to it let that one go. Let's I'm going to Google, did Nikola Tesla ever fly in a plane? Now, Nikola Tesla invented no, 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 the world's no, no, first no, no, tilt-rotor, no, tilt-wing concept aircraft. Tesla never actually built the helicopter plane, nor flew in one. Ah, because, jet yes, setter. Because, How can you be a yes, jet setter no, if you've no, never been no, a jet? No. No, because that's fucking mental, though. Because that's like saying, oh, Genghis Khan, how would he do in a casino? He wouldn't do very well because they hadn't been invented. It's not it's... fair. You can't have that. We're assuming the travel. Jet setter means travel. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a jet. So Nikola Tesla wins. I think number of miles under their boots, you've got to say Hitler travelled more than Nikki Tesla. Yeah, I've got to say that if you don't understand how maths works. (laughs) How does a Serbian get to New York? They tunnel under the earth. It doesn't matter. Maybe he did tunnel under the earth. It's still further than Hitler went when he went to Paris in his fucker wolf. Planes weren't invented, so Hitler wins by default. We can spin again for another category. I don't mind. All right, give me another number for the category. Eleven. Which of these two would you most trust to solve the problem of a noisy neighbour? Well, that's Hitler all day long, isn't it? Mm. It's hard to argue. Imagine if you're making a bit of noise and there's a knock on the door and Adolf's there. You'd probably quieten down. (laughs) Um, Tesla could probably come up with some electrical contraption to... Mask their sound, or yep. you know, he'd come up with some sort of invention. Well, if you wanted a quick fix, that's probably your guy. That's not the question, um, is it? I think Tesla would have a solution, it would just take him longer to get to it because he'd build something for you, like a white noise machine or something like that. Um, Hitler's probably going to be more of a direct approach, <laughs> you think? Um, yeah, well, okay, but Hitler wins, which I know yeah. is what you wanted. He'd send so. Eva Brown upstairs. Maybe his dog, Blondie. Get that problem solved. Someone's got the Wikipedia page open. theme tune so here we go true or false 
Nicolas Cage was arrested in New Orleans French Quarter on April the 15th, 2011 for suspicion of domestic abuse, battery, disturbing the peace and public intoxication. A police officer was flagged down by onlookers after Cage allegedly grabbed his wife's arm while appearing to be under the influence of alcohol. Um, I... Does he strike you as a violent man? No, but I do think he's probably quite hard work as well at times <laughs> if you're his partner. So, as much as it pains me, and again, we've got to keep coming back to the New Orleans link. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's true. That is true. Unfortunately for Nicholas Cage's wife. Okay, one out of five so far. True or false? Nicholas Cage paid $1.3 million for a bathtub made of crystal. He confirmed in an interview with the Daily Mail that he had sent the bathmakers up the Amazon to gather the crystal for the bathtub. Uh, $1.3 million. Have you ever been sent up the Amazon, James? I mean, that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> Not while I've still got my strength. One point three million, I think, yep. is is excessive, even by Nicholas's standards. And again, it's not like he would spend one point three million on a shrunken pygmy's head, but. <laughs> On a bathtub, I think, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think he'd send people up the Amazon to get crystals to make him a bathtub. <laughs> I think if it was 1.3 million on a crystal that a shaman had told him would make him live forever or something, I would say, yes, that's probably true. But I, don't, I think it's the making it into a bathtub that strikes me as more of a dictator move. So I don't think that's cage. I can tell you. You are correct. That <laughs> happened to Pol Pot, which I believe yeah. to your mind is uh, one of the top five dictators of all time. I mean, certainly Premier League, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's sniffing around your Mount Rushmore of dictators, isn't he? Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, he's Europa League. He's not Champions League. <laughs> okay, two for two. Number three. Nicholas Cage was a problem child. He was in constant trouble for fighting and bullying other children, which eventually escalated to assault with a deadly weapon. He was expelled from not one but two schools for stabbing other children, one a fellow classmate and the other his own girlfriend. He led gangs of neighbourhood boys who raided area farms and local businesses and even disrupted church services by pinching, poking, and inflicting pain on random members of the congregation. I don't think this is Nicolas Cage. This sounds absolutely psychotic, whoever that is. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's Cage. I'll be very disappointed if it is. I can confirm. It's Benito Mussolini. There you go. <laughs> When was it that you started to smell a rat? Was it uh, assault with a deadly weapon? Assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. I think the idea of him being like or leading a gang 
going around invading <laughs> church congregation just didn't strike me as something that he would do. Although, did he not try and kidnap Pope Gregory the Ninth in the last episode? No. No, no, he didn't. No, no. So we, we, we established. <laughs> okay, true or false? In 1997, mm-hmm. at an auction taking place in Switzerland, Cage bought the late Shah of Iran's red Lamborghini Miura SVJ for $450,000, bidding by telephone. Mm. So, the Shah of Iran's red Mm. Lamborghini. SVJ, Special Victims Unit. (laughs) So, he got the Shah of Iran's Lamborghini. Late late Shah of Iran. Late Shah of Iran's late Lamborghini. $450,000. We know he likes his cars. He bid for it by telephone. Yeah, I, I yeah, I take he strikes that. Strikes you? More... Do you think he's got a telephone? I do. Yeah. Um, it's probably made of snakeskin <laughs> or something. But yes, I do because I think he's a he's the sort of guy who loves a collector's item. Mm-hmm. See that? I believe. I can tell you, the late Lamborghini is a Nicolas Cage story. Well, yes, again, four Excellent. out of four. Okay, last one. In 2015... Full house. Exactly. You've never had the full house. This would be something. In 2015, the actor bought a three-wheeled German motorbike used for reconnaissance missions in Greece, part of a reported passion for World War II relics. <sighs> it's a World War II... Was it a three-wheeled... A three-wheeled German motorbike. Not late. This one is on time. World War II relic. Um, this does sound true. Uh, Have we been here before with a tank that he has on his property and uses to scare children? I don't think so. No, I don't think we've had that. Uh, we did, but that turned out to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I don't think I don't think he would. Something just it's not weird enough. <laughs> if it was Hitler's motorbike, yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean the Shah of Iran's Lamborghini? Yes. I think ah uh, yeah, I don't I yeah. Maybe if it was a seven wheeled German motorbike. Yes. I can reveal. That was Brad Pitt. You've gone an entire Ooh. five plus five. Congratulations, sir. Five for five. Absolutely brilliant result. Brad Pitt, really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He's doing all his Second World War tank films. Yeah, we kind of see Brad Pitt being into that sort of stuff. So that is the final ever Would I Lie to Cage, and you've absolutely crushed it. It was a brilliant feature, I have to say. Yeah. And a fantastic theme tune. Lest we forget. For the final time in season two, there you have it. 
I can tell you season three, like all good shows, is where we really start to motor. We have features up the yin-yang on their way to you, as varied as Chinese whispers, play your cards height, and celebrity sellouts. We will be going on a well-deserved break, not together, but we will be back before you know it. Take care in the meantime, everyone. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.